Welcome back, gentlemen and gentle ladies. Six pack lapping out. And Paul Marin's in. The marinara man. Let's bring that back. Yeah, that's we're going back to that. Eh? We're going back. <laughs> we're going back to the old school the 1960s old, racism. Yep. That's in the good old North American racism for you, sir. I feel like I'm back in New York and yeah. That's right. Being pro another immigrant. Being uh, feeling the prejudice. Um so if uh, if anyone's watching my personal account, not the king of the lives, uber excited, Eminem finally responded back to MGK, and um, in my opinion, and it looks like the vast majority's opinion, won the battle like everyone expected he would win the battle, and people are posting memes being like, why, you, you don't kill John Wick's dog. Don't kill John Wick's dog. Have you seen John Wick? Oh yeah, definitely. It's, I love, it's just I action for John, once. I love John Wick. It's not, my girlfriend does not get it. She's like, oh. I don't get it. Don't give a shit to watch it. Fair enough. It's literally just killing from one side to the other. But, um, but yeah, I think this and Eminem and being like, hey sir, let's rap battle. Yeah. It's, it's like being in the 1980s. I was going to say, it went so well for everybody. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, first exactly. If history... Is your best predictor of the future? Just fucking leave his John Wick's dog alone. Yeah. Is the bottom of it, right? If it's the 1980s, you don't say to Mike Tyson, "Let's hop in the ring, go for your rounds." Yeah, it's, the guy, the guy never lost in the 80s. This is the prime time shit. So yeah, it's bad news. I guess at the same time, if you want to be the king, you got to take down the king. So well, so here's the thing. Here's the thing. Uh, <clears throat> MGK, Machine Gun Kelly, when he got dissed by Eminem, posted a video of him popping champagne. It was like, wow, because like the greatest of all time just mentioned me. Yeah. Now I'm on everybody's radar. Drop the diss track two days later. That shit went number one on iTunes. Why does it go number one on iTunes? Because you're dissing Eminem. Yeah. And then USA Today and all these like mainstream media are like, MGK response to Eminem. All of a sudden, he's hitting mainstream media who don't give a fuck about uh, MGK yeah, no, ordinarily. It's, exactly. It's so he's like, he's like, woo. It's like the best marketing scheme you could ever yeah. possibly have, like as an it, it, artist or anything. Like it's and in, and in terms of MGK, so then everybody's like, "All right, you celebrate, man, but fuck, are you gonna like, you know, what's gonna happen with this?" So MGK released a song. I think he knew what the situation was. Like, I gotta capitalize because his diss track was more of a song. Like his, he had hooks, like choruses. He had like, uh, like he's put auto tune on the chorus and had like a catchy beat. And it's like. Dude, it feels like you're trying to make a single. And he's like, yeah, I am. Because everybody's no, 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 no shit, yeah, it's no shit I'm making a single. I got to fucking put something out there that's mainstream pop. The kids are going to listen to the horror, uh, the chorus so that like 10 years from now, you'll play it as a catchy single like you would any song. Where Eminem is like, dude, we're rap battling. I'm releasing a diss track. So Eminem went line for line bars broke them down and like had double entendres and fucking shit that probably flying over a lot of people's heads that just are mainstream and um, definitely won the rap battle. But if you're putting them side by side, what's the better song that like in 10 years you're going to be listening to? Well, he's not, he didn't put any hook. He, he had no like bridges into the hook. No, like he's not. Because what the hell cares? Like it's, well, it's, it's, it's Eminem. Like it's it an eight mile, well, it's yeah. an eight mile rap battle. Exactly. Eminem's like, all right, but like Eminem, he's telling himself, I just want to win the rap battle because if I lose a rap battle, Fuck me, you, you're the guy who beat me in a rap battle. Yeah. I'm the fucking goddamn guy. In terms of selling records, Eminem's not worried about shit. No. But in terms of MGK, he's like, all right, I'm probably going to lose this regardless. You know, you're probably going to have... I think no one's going to talk shit about, you lost a boxing match to Mike Tyson? 
you must suck. You, John Wick beat you in a fucking fight? You must suck. No, I'm just no, kidding. It's like, fuck it. I'm going to, um, you know, make hate with sometimes. Yeah, they did, both did exactly what they had to do. As I said, like, yeah. M&M wins a rap battle. Yeah. MGK goes and, through, makes his million dollars off of yeah, oh, the free marketing. For event. sure. Exactly. And um, in terms of Eminem's, uh, before this, he released an album, December Revival. People were super feeling it. And uh, people were thinking, like, wow, 45 years old. The game's passing this guy. Look, let, let's say something. Because I was talking to Kathleen, my girl, about this. And she was saying... Um, you know, well, it's not like a sport where when you get older, your reflexes go whatever and you just fall out of it. But I was like, well, it kind of is though. Like how many fucking times does like the Rolling Stones or the Beatles or anyone old put out a new album and we're like, couldn't give a fuck. Like your album sucks. Play your old shit. I was going to say, it's not even that the album sucks. Like usually I agree with Kathleen, like you don't lose... Sort of. You don't lose that. You lose ability, the youth. You lose the youth. But you though. lose. Yeah. You you like I wouldn't say the album sucks, but sure, shit isn't hitting like the old stuff. No, but you're not gonna put the same effort into it as well. Well, you when might. You, well, put it this way. Put it like, at certain point, sometimes like the writing, like for instance, Rod Stewart. Okay, he's got some fucking classics from from like the '60s, '70s. Yeah. So, like I mean, classics. The dude ain't writing those anymore. No, it's, <laughs> that, that's what I'm trying to say. Like, yeah, exactly. It's just, it's just like, he can write something, and I'm not saying it would, it's going to, like I said, sucks. I'm going overboard, but compared to his old stuff, if you're, you'd be like, yeah, okay. You're not the guy anymore. Well, you, just, you can't write an album like you did. Exactly. Like, let's you're not good. Guns N' Roses gonna is say, not going to be number one again. If you're Guns N' Roses or like an Aerosmith or something like that, yeah. Your prime time was when you were living, everybody's living in that one bedroom apartment. Yeah. Sunset Boulevard, doing nothing but touring. It, it, drugs, it, drugs and alcohol are flowing and you're living that lifestyle. And if you, you're not living that anymore. So what are you going to write about? When you go to, or even if you were, even if you were, I could argue that it's just past. Sometimes, yeah. I swear to God, it's just like, it's not there anymore. There will be a time you sit down and like, fuck, I can't. I can't. I'm sorry. I know. I know. I'm fucking Steven Tyler. I know I'm Mick Jagger. I know I'm fucking. I can't. Eric <laughs> Clapton. When's the last time? Like these guys aren't writing the fucking. Like these guys aren't writing things. Twenty five year olds are like, oh fuck. Did you get the latest yeah. Clapton? There was a time that's gone. And if you go over to their concert and they're like they're playing all their hits and everybody of all ages, look, a lot of these guys are prime time was before we were around, born, whatever the yeah. shit. You hear their greatest hits. Everyone's gonna sing along. You hear Hotel California comes on from the Eagles. Everyone's like, fuck yeah, let's hit this. But then if the Eagles like, hey, everybody, instead of playing our old stuff, we got a new song, new album. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're walking we're, out. We're going to play our new album. I'm going to fucking track, walk out. Track for track. And <laughs> yeah, they, they, nobody's, yeah. Go fuck yourself. Nobody's paying $300 a ticket for... Uh, no, man. So this is what I'm saying where there was legitimately conversation on after Eminem's last album, 45-year-old rapper. Now, 45 for rap is like a 65 for rock. Uh, we would think rap yeah. isn't as old as rock, so we don't know when the age is that you hit this, what we're talking about, stage of their careers. So um, people were saying, like, maybe this is where it's at. And when MGK came out with this diss, he was like, you're old as fuck, you're not the old you. He's basically saying what we were saying right here. Yeah. Basically saying, I got news for you and it hurts me because you're the greatest of all time. Like, he's backhanded, giving a backhand compliments, but you're not the old you and I got to be the guy to end you, right? <laughs> and then when MGK said it for a second... I was like, fuck me, he might be right. I don't know, his last album was gar- hot garbage. Oh yeah, I listened to his last album and it was... And, um, and MGK was, uh, MGK's song was catchy, hook, like we were saying, right? 
in terms of the disc, he didn't have like double entendres and shit like that. Like Eminem ended up dropping, but he put some stuff in there. Eminem came in and fucking brought back. He's probably better than any other previous disc track he'd done. Almost every single line he did had like double meanings and, and like like punchlines and like he did shit that only he could do. And basically reminded everybody, well, not yet, young yeah. fucking man. <laughs> not fucking yet. I'm not. Yeah, he, I'm not Steven Tyler I was yet. Say, he came in as Mr. Miyagi in the old sensei and just that's right. Wipe the floor. That's right. I'm not the old fuck. I'm. I'm not ready to be carted out in a wheelchair singing my best hits and then carted back and and fucking no one wants to hear my shit just yet. So um and and if uh, his Kamikaze album was any kind of a warning, he had a couple songs in there. It's like. Oh shit, no, no, he's still writing, like he can still do it. So anyways, exciting stuff. And in terms of, I was going to bring this back, in terms of what this helps Eminem, um, where people were pulling away from, he needed this to bring himself back as well. Yeah. If, we're, if we're being honest. He found a way to make himself relevant again. Yeah, exactly. So Which never, is what so many artists have a trouble doing at that When point. you're 45 yeah. and in, in a young man's uh, musical genre like, like rap. Right? Yeah. Um, we're like, his last album, after that, if I heard Eminem's got another album come out, I'd be like, yeah, so. And I'm a huge fan. But yeah. after his last album, he dissed MGK, MGK dissed him back, and you knew he's going to respond. Everybody I know was like, when's it, when's it going to happen? Is it this Friday? Is it next Friday? It's going to be a Friday, right? Well, maybe it's a Saturday. And we're talking about yeah. when is he going to drop it? And as soon as he dropped it, Everybody was texting me. Oh, yeah. Eminem it's, dropped this new. Eminem did it. He dropped this new diss track, and everybody's what? So all of a sudden, this actually both of them like huge gains from this. Everybody's talking about rap. I threw on. Look at look at listen. I'm a fucking like the IPF commentator and running this podcast and shit. And um, I'm posting about Eminem and Johnny Candido, who's like a powerlifting guy too, is on commentating with me about like 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 yeah. messaging. It, we're fuck this is how much it transcended when you got guys who aren't you know, like rap dudes who are fucking like commentating on the Eminem rap battle. And people are messaging me with their comments as well, right? So anyways, kind of interesting. Um, and I thought that was cool. And as for also, so today we got Joe Stanek and he was at the Bench Nationals. And uh, we're going to get into more detail with Joe. But um, fucking goddamn Jen Thompson, who refused... <laughs> Eminem in her own right. I was going to say. In her own fucking Speaking right. of trying to stay relevant. Yeah. Uh, and doing like, a fucking good job. Yeah. It's speaking <laughs> of uh, being a goat. Yeah. And, uh, and having everybody around you be like, when the fuck are you going to get old and stop, you know, whooping some ass. Yeah. Um, she basically just Eminem MGK'd everybody and did a three, 319. 319, yeah. And she's uh, like within a year of him. I think she's and 44. Again, 319, but she looked like she had a lot more in the tank. Yeah. Like it wasn't. I mean, dude, it's insane. Um... She's, she helps make the bench nationals fun. I'm not a big guy watching bench only, but um, I mean, of the three, it's probably my least favorite to watch, yeah. but not, I will. Like, 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 for instance, we said the 105s when the I was about to say, it takes a special thing to make bench entertaining. Like, yeah. the 105s was a classic example of that. And if you got, if you got a Jen Thompson, and Jen and Thompson is history, another classic example of that. Uh, another cat I know won TD um, from uh, uh, TD Smash on Insta. Uh, TD phenomenal bencher, like probably the biggest bencher in IPF, was chasing 300 kilo. He said before, I want 300 kilo. Nobody in IPF has ever benched 300 kilo. That's 661 pounds and freedom units for American friends. Um, I don't know if he got it. I don't think he did because he didn't announce it afterwards. He won. Yeah. Uh, fourth national title. He's the current IPF world champion. He will be at the IPF Bench Worlds to defend his title. Um, I would love to see him be the first guy to hit 300 kilo at the IPF Worlds at least. 
It's gonna happen for sure for him. Like the guy's More got like the guy's got fucked. I've seen him hit in the gym. It's, and it's, it, it moved it's like it was insane. a joke for him. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's definitely possible. And he was on the show before and um extremely close to his coach. Him and his coach were on the show. So we invited TD. He's like, can I bring my coach? Uh, sure. If you guys are that close. Yeah. They, they, they're like, they're, they're very close. Uh, traveled together the whole night. In this post, he said him and his coach, him and his coach parted ways and it was an issue. Like it affected his training and everything. I'm wondering what the shit. Not to get all yeah. gossipy here, but that was, that was shocking because a lot of people in the comments were like, what? Because they were just like a, a distance coach. Like, uh, you know, some guy, oh, fucking a guy around the world is coaching me. Like, they were, like, living in the same city, uh, like, boys. Yeah. You know, and, and if you listen to the to the podcast, that one, it was a good one. But, uh, so, and, and, so not only coach switch up, but also his, um, I think he got, he, like, came in with an injury at the last second as well. So, I don't think he got, he got the win anyways. That's all that fucking matters. Like, yeah. Let him hit the world team. And maybe he does it at the world's. Um, so that was interesting. And then also, um, we got Sean Dorier coming on next. Maybe that would be when we talk most about, but there's a bit of a heated battle coming up between Amanda Ann and Daniela Mello. God damn, if those two are They are it. putting up insane numbers right yeah. now in training. Yeah. No, it's like mind-boggling. It doesn't numbers. make sense anymore. Like, Amanda Ann is taking, like, I think it was 495. We'll call it even 500 for, like, reps. Yeah. Reps. Repping that shit. And, again, easy... Yeah, reps. Like it doesn't. Like, look, it's not like she's grinding these things. No, grinding this out. And um, and, and Daniela Mello just pulled five forty five. Yep. Bench two fifty is like, and her squat is like going to be in the five hundreds as well. Yep. So it's fucking nuts what these guys are doing, and um, they're gonna go head to head. And I don't know. I think I think Amanda Ann doesn't have the dead or the bench, but I think it'll be an amazing squat battle. Like if I'm picking. I pick Daniela. Daniela Daniela's definitely the more rounded lifter, I think so. Yeah. And so, I think it's bench that's gonna set it apart. It's it's all about building total. Yeah, I think you're one hundred percent right. I think Amanda Ann and her can do they can go toe to toe squat, but once squat's done, Daniela, like you said, overall all three, um, she's gonna build a bigger total. Yeah. She's gonna uh, you know, she'll cover a lot of grounds in, in bench and then deadlift, I think she upholds her as well. It'll yeah. be a good battle. She's the big battle beating the squat. But Regardless, it's still fun to see somebody actually starting to push Danielle Mello. Amen. And it's it's too bad that at national level you don't get individual medals for individual events, um, like at the Worlds or international, and even North Americans yep. are get individual medals sometimes because uh, the squat gold medal would definitely be up for grabs. Like that's oh, everybody's yeah. game. Even even dead. I don't know what it made any debts. I think Danielle probably she's has. She's high it. as well. She pulled. I saw one of our posts, and it was it was it was in the fives. Like yeah. it's not. Yeah, it's going to be reasonable. It's, and it was, an, again, it was an easy lift. So who knows and, what she's actually on the tank day of. Who, who gets gassed out in yeah. squats? Who leaves a little gas in the tank for deads? Like, these are factors. Like, yeah. like if there was individual medals, squat and dead is up for grabs. I think Daniela's got the, the bench. Daniela's got the bench by a long shot. And unless she misses, and, and that can happen. Not that. But if she misses a, a third squat or dead, then fuck, we could have... Amanda Ann taking it. Like, it, it, yeah. at the very least, and we haven't had to say this before, Daniel Mello can't miss too many lifts. No, and she's... And you don't say that often, and that's good. I, it's exactly. But, I mean, she's one of those Bryce Lewis-type lifters. Like, you know that she comes in with a pretty good game plan. Usually. She's consistent. She's consistent. She hits her lifts. She doesn't really gas it, herself out usually. But let's say one of the judges knows? gets tough and is like, I think that was a little high. You, you picked the right weight. Yeah. It, it moved well. Cut a little high. Which we're seeing nowadays more and more. It can happen. I mean, it can happen to anybody. Yeah. 
Um, and then all of a sudden the door swings open. I mean, that can happen to Amanda Ann, can happen to anybody. Yeah. I'm saying if that happens, if you miss one fucking lift on a girl like Amanda Ann, and her squ- and squad of all, yeah. so she's way ahead. Okay, you gotta, you're out of bench. Yeah, when you're, how much are you out of bench? Exactly. When you, you know? when, you, when you gotta clear 25 kilo on yeah. bench to try to make it That's up. a big ass. It's, uh, That's yeah. a big ass. And then you move into deads. You have dead in me. How much? If we're like five, ten pounds, yeah. you might be in trouble because in terms of squat, you don't want to fall behind the squats with a girl like Amanda Ann. It'll be interesting. So let's It'll give. Watch. Let's give our boy Joe Stanick a ring. He was at the uh, Nationals bench only, and we'll also get his input on some of the 83s because he's the coach, or sorry, the Raw Nationals, uh, in particular 83s, because he's the coach of Deadlift Panda, or Seth Lord Wren. I was going to say, yeah, Seth Lord Wren. All right. Here he is, Joe Stanick, live. He's our man live on the scene for the USAPL Bench Nationals. How you doing, Joe? Not too bad, man. A little bit tired, but fortunately, I've got a rather large coffee to cover that. So you know, that a boy, that a boy. So, what is, what are some of the highlights you've seen? Because um, we haven't seen a whole lot just yet trickling in. I did see Jen Thompson, the ageless wonder, um, with a three nineteen. Now, did she cut into the sixty three kilo, or did she go seventy two kilo for this one? No, she was in 63s. Um, yeah, so what, what actually happened yesterday, I guess they were missing a set of chips. Um, so Jen, what she'll normally do at most competitions is just chip her, her record, you know, half a kilo. Uh, but they were missing a set of chips, so I think she actually ended up having to go up a little bit more than she originally intended and just smoked it anyway. No so. shit, so she went up on a full two and a half kilo type deal. They're like, fuck it, I don't need chips. We're going yeah, I, think, gonna say we're I think it ended up being like maybe like a three kilo or something like that. Whoa, uh, wowzers, man. Yeah. That's a huge jump, especially on a bench. When you're yeah. talking bench. Well, yeah, it's... In a world record territory. Yeah, this yeah, like, no we're shit. nearing the limit. Like three kilos, big jump regardless. But when you're nearing, his, well, it's yeah. historical limits. I mean, I'm, that's I'm, a big I'm happy when I put two and a half kilos on my, yeah. my PR. <laughs> Me when too. It's, when it's not a world record attempt. Yeah, wow. So that's like, that's the gem. And she smoked it again. Like, I yeah, just she like, smoked it looked it like a second attempt. How did, it, not... how did it look live to you? It looked really good. I, I think she had more. Um, I would really love, I'm, I'm sure you might remember that video when she was with uh, all those football players. Yeah. Uh, where she benched 325. I would love to see her do that on the platform someday soon. Uh, it, it, it kind of looked how the attempt before that looked, if you if you saw the full video. Uh, it, so I think if she was forced to, she probably could have gone up and, and smoked somewhere around that number do you on think, that day. Do you think she's going to um, – I mean, what do you think about the, the um, strategy of – it's not a bad idea where you know bench, there's a quick fall off. Like let's say five years ago she had hit 325 because she's like, fuck it, I think I got it in me today. She may never again chip that up. And then it was like, okay, I haven't PR'd in five fucking years. But because she keeps chipping it, which I think is a good idea, you are always, every year, breaking world records, hitting the highlight reels, big, you know what I mean? And, and in an exhibition, you smash 325. Okay, it's in the tank. Good. Yeah, no, it's we'll a, just keep it's chipping like it. It's like um, the Iranian Arazadeh, who was an Olympic weightlifter. I believe he got a bonus every time he got a world record. And obviously, national news, international news, because it's a world record. Everyone's talking about it. So he would just constantly chip his own record. And people were like, God damn it, man. Well, the government who gave him that deal was like, we should have fucking yeah. somehow worked out a better deal. <laughs> this dude, this dude. I feel like I have going for it. Yeah, he's milking the shit out of this. So, uh, 
fuck's sake. We, yeah. de- we definitely should have put a cap on this. It's like a bad negotiation deal with them and him. Like, I mean, she's, she's got the perfect situation that almost every female bench presser wishes they had. She can just always take that half kilo jump when she's nearing her limit, you know? Yeah, that chick. Uh, I mean, you had done a lot of commentary with me at the World Championships. And um, at the national level and the world level, that chip can be key. I mean, not people can't just tie you. If, if someone's a little bit lighter than your own body weight, they can't just tie you and they can't match you. They have to go up a whole two and a half kilo. Doesn't sound like much. Fuck, man. When I it comes, it's, it's, that's, the tip, yeah. that's the tip of it, right? When it's that thick, especially in her weight class, 63 kilo women, um, I mean, it gets no tighter. As a matter of fact, I think she won on body weight this year. Did, did she not at the Worlds or am I missing? Um, what ended up happening was uh, Sam Calhoun had the opportunity, opportunity to pull for the win, and instead she decided to go for the world record because uh, she felt like she didn't have the, the kilo. I think it was maybe like an extra three kilos on top of what she would have had to put on the world record. Uh, she just felt like she didn't have that jump, so she just elected to go for the, the world record because, you know, when, when is she ever going to get a chance to do that again? You don't necessarily know. Yeah. This is true. Uh, yeah, and, and for anyone listening, because sometimes we get this a lot, when we post unofficial world record and people are like why is it unofficial you can only set world records in international meets totally makes sense otherwise fucking some obscure place like bulgaria's got every yeah. world record nobody sees video they're just gonna you know what i mean so um yeah. but yeah it totally makes sense but it also sets up uh, a beautiful rematch in the uh, raw nationals at 63 kilo when these girls go head to head oh yeah and what i think is really interesting this year is because our american record was also Kim Wofford's old uh, 63 kilo deadlift record, which Sam broke at Worlds. So for once, Jen Thompson is going to be going up against someone else who has the ability to pull a chip if they need it. Ah, uh, that's true. That, that hasn't happened. Yeah, that's a good point. And it leads us right back to yep. the uh, Jen Thompson, who's so usually holding a chip advantage, and that's gone. And then we yep. got an equalizer and and throw it back. Sam usually weighs in a little bit less, I think. Sam usually weighs in a little less, but the throw it back. You know the last time Jen Thompson lost in 63 kilo class in a head-to-head matchup? Kimberly fucking Walford. Whoa! Wow! This is foreshadowing. This is like a good movie. What are you What are you expecting with that showdown yourself? You know, man, I I I am a big JT fan. You know, I I have long long been trying to get my bench press over hers. So. <laughs> yes, I, I'm glad you called that out because that's like one of my main goals in life. I feel like. <laughs> Go toe to fucking toe with Jen Thompson. <laughs> oh, pull Kim Walford finally. Um, yeah. Go toe to toe with Jen Thompson. But I also, I also have to say, like looking at Sam Calhoun's training, she's looking really, really strong. Um, we saw both of them at that Worlds end up missing a squat. Uh, I ultimately think it's going to come down if Sam can go three for three. She'll just pull for the win. She might not necessarily have it. It depends on what Jen is able to pull out on, on the bench that day. Um, if she can get three squats, if she can PR her squats, because uh, those have always been her Achilles heel, but recently they've kind of been on a little bit of an upswing. Um, if, she can go, if she can go three for three and, and obviously put a, a decent margin between them on the bench, Jen also, because of course, you know, forget the whole long arms give you a bad bench press thing. She, she's got a really good deadlift as well. She's, she's probably the, the second best deadlifter in the class. Yeah, so, yeah. I, I think it'll come down to the very last pull. Uh, I think that I could definitely see Sam being the first one to upset Jen in a, a very long time. It just depends on where the chips fall on the day. So Are I guess that's more of a non-answer, but I don't know. I really do feel like it's, it's just down to that last deadlift attempt for, for both of them. 
I like to pun in there. We'll see where the chips fall on the day. Um, awesome. <laughs> well done, sir. You, you spent some time in the commentary booth, sir. Um, but uh, one, one thing that's also noted is um, at the Worlds, like you had said, where Sam was in the position where she's like, look, it's my first World Championships. Um, here's my chance to make history, beat a legend's world record deadlift. I can't fucking pass this up. I think it's on the table, and it was. I, that's not the case now. No. Now it's like there's just winning. Like now it's if it's we're gonna load up to what break the record you already got, or you're loading up for the win. Yeah. It's a far easier decision. It's like we have almost nothing to lose situation where it's like I gotta I gotta try to win these nationals because going to worlds as the second person is never, uh, it's always dicey to bank on that. Well, I hope they send two from the 63 kilo class. Maybe, maybe not. You want to go to Worlds? You yeah. gotta win. Try to not, fucking win. Not, bank not, on not everyone can be Ellis McLean. Exactly. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and exactly. Um, yeah, so it's gonna be interesting. You know what? Uh, good segue there. Was it, it's a Woolum? Was it you who sent me the message about Woolum? It, no, but, oh, oh, Wilson, you mean? Wilson, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, it was. And what are you expecting from him at the war, at the Nationals? Because you had said you think he's a dark horse that um, certainly doesn't have as much hype as some of these other stars, and uh, people might be surprised what he brings. Yeah, so so David is he he's he's definitely a dark horse. I feel like he doesn't get enough hype. David is the craziest deadlifter I have ever seen in my entire life. Uh, maybe even better than Mr. Deadlift himself, honestly. Ooh, shit. No. And the, the reason the reason being is is David is just always he's always looking to get better. Um, he actually bombed out of Raw Nationals last year because his deadlifts were just so fast that he couldn't hold his balance. Yeah, I remember um, now. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I mean, the guy has been training super hard. He's he's squatted three hundred kilos in training. Um, he's his bench press is well over four. I think I think putting those two together with as big of a deadlift as he has, which is well over 750 in training at this at this point and i believe he's pulled 800 a couple of times in the gym as well um i i could as long as he executes on game day i could see him winning i really really could um i just feel like he's a dark horse because he's just not as well known people just for some reason don't know who he is and they should yeah i think it's more it's just because in the big meets we haven't seen him yet like obviously um, you know, bombed out at nationals and uh, we haven't seen him at worlds yet. Yeah. But once you, you get like, you see like, like Ashton out of nowhere. I, I we, a lot of people don't know who Ashton was wins nationals dramatic fashion, beating the reigning IPF world champion. And then all of a sudden, boom, USA open and like he bombed out there, but everyone, yeah. he's on everyone's oh, radar. Exactly. Like so US, US world nationals can make a star, but you got to produce. Right. And I think, um, Wilson's in a position where, hey, look, at if, if I make a big show right here, everybody, I, you'll be on everybody's radar. Yeah, and you're mentioning his numbers right now. Do you know how much he has to cut, or is, does, yeah, how does that affect him on day, game day? So, so for his last meet, the one that uh, qualified him for prime time, he actually experimented with cutting a lot more, and it ended up hurting him. Um, I believe his body weight is, is much further down, and his numbers are still looking better on the day. So I believe he's only got about two-ish kilos to cut. I know that's talking to David. That's at least from what I've, uh, I haven't talked to him in a little while, but the last time I talked to him, that seems like what he's going for is, is around like a, a two-ish kilo cut. Uh, I think he just the other day squatted a very convincing 280 in training, like opener-ish 280. Um, it's a little weird because David has this really wide stance squat. Yeah, speed, super his speed wide looks yeah, it looks exactly the same. So only he knows what his his opener ish looks like. Um, but 
I, I I'm very very convinced uh, that he's looking good, and, and as long as he's not like you know lying about his body weight, which I don't know why he would be, uh, I think he should be in a really good spot. Two kilos is like next to nothing for no, a guy that size. Exactly. Like uh, that's he he <laughs> should be whatever he does in the gym, he'll probably do the exact same on meat day if it's only two kilos. Um, how do you feel about like Ashton, LS, and like because Ashton's coming back? Um, so how do you feel about where they'll shake up? Is there someone else I'm missing in there? Charlie Dixon is now moving yeah, up. Yeah, yep. Who's been putting some big numbers up again? Yeah, Charlie in 93 kilo. First time um, at nationals, debuting as a 93 kilo in the open. I mean, he's definitely going to be a contender, and people are excited. And so we have two reigning world champions. We got Charlie Dixon, who's an 83 kilo junior. We got Al Les, who uh, the trivia guy never won a Raw Nationals, but a two-time IPF World fucking champion. You've got Ashton, who's Ashton, who's a defending. So you have a defending world champion, a defending national champion, uh, a world champion moving up a weight class going into the Open, and then we have our dark horse. Like this is—is this? Do you think one of the most heavily hyped the ninety-three kilo divisions? Oh yeah, I mean, 93 has always been one of the most heavily contested divisions. Um, I think I think a name that you didn't mention that I don't know maybe maybe it's because he's he's TSA fam. I gotta mention him. Uh, Chance Mitchell is also in. Oh there as well. yeah, 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 yeah. You're right, you're right. He's he's going crazy. He finally benched over 400. Uh, I remember I, I remember when he started with TSA, he he had like missed 280 uh, in a in a bench in a meet like multiple times, and now he's benching over 400. Um, so congrats, Chance, if you're listening to this. Anyway, uh, but he's he's doing crazy stuff in training right now. I think that overall, it's it's definitely the hottest contention. Um, in terms of in terms of Ashton, you can never count that guy out. He's just a freak of nature. Um, it, it, you know, even a, an injury, which I saw happen at because I was at the U.S. Open. Uh, even even something like that doesn't seem to be able to keep him down. He seems to be just rolling right through training right now. Um, I think with LS. I'm not going to count him out immediately, uh, but I know he's dealing with some injuries. He oh. was talking about that on the RTS podcast with Mike recently. Uh, yesterday at, uh, at Bench Nationals, he actually ended up going uh, 105 and not cutting down to 93. Um, I don't know if that had something to do with the fact that he's been experiencing injuries and didn't want to bother cutting. Yeah. Uh, but he's he, uh, he ended up pressing uh, 230 kilo, and it, it looked it looked pretty good. Um, but that's, I, I think that's, I think that's also his best at 93. Um, so I don't know if that's an indicator of anything, but I do know he's dealing with some injuries. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. Um, I think, uh, let's see, who, who am I missing there? I went over it. Um, well, we have the young upstart, Charlie. Um, Charlie, that's the one. Yeah. Um, what do I, you think, I, I think he's hiding something, man. I think, you I think, think so? I think in I think in training I think I think the stuff that he's posting it, it looks a little light to me. Yeah, uh, and you know the thing about Charlie, like I I said this when I posted him, damned if he wasn't eighty three kilo goes I'm moving to ninety three and I'm thinking, well we'll see how long it takes you to to fill out ninety three. Yeah, I took him half a day. Yeah, yeah, I took, I took him two two hours later. The guy's fucking ninety three. Like he, and he's, it's not like he's a fat ninety three. No, he, he probably looks, he looks the exact same as he did as he. He was probably suffering to make eighty three yeah. for sure. Like yeah, yeah. Well, he's probably telling himself, "I gotta let me win worlds, and then we keep moving." We already knew the guy was way too big for eighty three. Yeah, he was massive. But um, what do you what do you think? Yeah. Are you thinking he's uh like is he ready? so if you make top five in ninety three U S Open that or sorry well uh, U S A P L Raw Nationals absolutely phenomenal showing. 
Um, so no, no doubt about it, especially when it's like a Shark Tank division like 93. Where do you think he's going to fall? Well, I think... I think it's a little it's a little hard only because with Charlie he is in the morning session he's not in prime time which actually kind of came as a shock to me with yeah. a lot of the, the guys that got skipped over hmm. um, but because Charlie's in the morning a lot of people will know exactly what they need to to pass up um, so some people might just for placing just try to to pass him up I think he'll end up placing a little bit lower because of that and that does kind of suck. Um, but I, I could I could easily see him being in the top five, especially if he's kind of pulling his punches on his social media posts, like I kind of uh, talked about. My uh, I got to shout out my friend Hector here. He's uh, he's even better with me than the scouting. The kid knows everyone, everyone and everyone on Instagram. I was I was grilling him yesterday, getting ready for this. <laughs> um, so yeah, so he 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 seems to think that uh, just because he's so up and up on the social media, he seems to think that Charlie's pulling his punches. And after reviewing all of his training clips, I'm kind of like, yeah, it looks like all those look a little bit more like maybe it was his like last warm up to his top set rather than his top set kind of thing. So kind of like Gibbs was doing going into Worlds. Yeah, no shit. Yes. Uh, so you know what? The thing with Charlie too, man, he always trains with his shirt off. And when the guy's that jacked up and he flexes, like he, like you get tight and you squat regardless whether it's RP6, RP8. He gets so fucking tight. Everything looks a whole lot like harder when you see a guy fucking vascular, muscles yeah. bulging. You're like, God damn, it looks like a lot of effort, but the weight moves the same nonetheless. So it's harder to judge, I swear to God, when you're seeing a guy that jacked up with his shirt off moving weight like that. It's because you're just staring at the guy. And I'm just, I don't even look at the weight. Yeah, I'm just looking at the guy. The God damn. But, um, it's because we're all envious. That's right. Exactly. Uh, it's what everyone wants to be. Ultra strong, ultra shredded. Yeah, and a few of us curious. Um, so uh, in terms of who didn't make the prime time, I, I like that you brought that up. Um, there was some surprises. I think Joey Flex actually made a post because Joey Flex actually didn't make prime time for the first time in years and was saying, hey, look, it, there, was, there was some surprises. Uh, some people we think, you know, might be top five in, in at the Nationals. Um, you know, fucking guys who are former world champions like Charlie didn't make it. Who are some of the other people off the top of your head that you know did make prime time that were shocking? So uh, off the top of my head... Um Charlie's obviously number one. Chance is probably my number two. I was I was pretty shocked. I think he was just like right right below the cutoff. I think both of them were actually. Um, there's another gentleman whose name escapes me right now. He's he's coached by by LS. He's from Texas, and as you know, a lot of the the freaks in powerlifting seem to come out of Texas. Um, I can't think of his name right now. I was literally just viewing his Instagram story a couple couple uh, couple minutes ago, and I his name escapes me right now. Um, Oh, if I remember that, if I remember it, I'll, I'll bring his name up. Watch, we'll be talking about a completely different weight class. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah. it, it, did, did they change? Like, why did this happen also? Like, for, for people who don't know who are watching, or sorry, listening, um, I should probably quickly throw out there. So, U.S. Nationals, a little different than almost everybody's Nationals around the world. Um, they split up. They have, like, the, they run the Nationals, and you have everybody, I want to say, like, what? Who's like you make prime time basically if you're amongst the elite of the elite, yeah. top five type deal. So at the stream, it's almost like a pay per view, like you have the preliminary and you have the main event. It's yeah. all for viewing pleasure why they do this. It's a way of packaging it differently. Um, you get a lot of feedback. And in terms of our sport, it makes sense where you're telling yourself, 
hey, look, it, I don't want to watch like the guy who's ranked number 25 in the nation. Well, who, who, and then I got to wait a half hour till I it, see fucking exactly. the top Especially guys in an event like Ronettes when you've got, how many lifters are doing Ronettes this year? Is it around 1,200, 1,204. Yeah. Ooh, look at this guy right down so, the wow. So, yeah. That's, so, that's um, way more precise as an answer than I yeah, expected. There you go. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so yeah, exactly. nobody's, nobody's watching 1,200 lifters over the course. So, so it does make sense in terms of viewing, and um, hats off to USA Powerlifting trying to make it look if we want to grow the sport. Views and streams are where you get sponsors and people watching from an entertainment point because it's so hard for us to get. Fans who aren't lifters, yeah, and then also brings people. You become a fan. Even if you're a lifter, lifter, like that's exhausting yeah. to try yeah. and watch that just to see one lifter. So, but the flip side obviously is it breaks up the traditional competition of powerlifting, where it's a huge advantage if you finish earlier than me, and I just know what do I like. I got. I not only just pull for the win, and people say. If you got a big deadlift, it's a huge advantage to pull for the win. These guys start completely after you've already wrapped it up yeah. and done. So um, yeah, you're, you're, you're not throwing around a couple third attempt cards. No, it's it's right from the get-go. Instead, get you just know exactly right from the start. So you're you kind of on your back foot um, if you're if you're going to be you know doing it earlier in that day. So it's it'll be a lot tougher for guys like Charlie and Chance. For some people, it does it doesn't matter regardless. Yeah, you, you probably weren't going to make top five. Well, but for those is, guys, the other thing that really affects is your weight cut. Like for a guy like Charlie, when he was cutting down to eighty three. He mentioned that being in prime time was a huge advantage to him. Yeah. Because it gave it him, was. Because it gave him that extra couple hours. Yeah. To He's try like, oh, oh, hell yeah. yeah. Dudes are looking back like, this guy's fucking 83. Yeah. <laughs> I hate this guy. I, I absolutely expect something like that to happen this year. Um, the Especially on day one, for some reason. So last year, we at least had a schedule that was a little bit more spread out. Um, and I can see the argument for, for keeping it a little bit more condensed. You know, people have work. It's, it's hard to travel. Um, but what ended up happening, like the first time we did primetime, um, when, when Josh War created that, we had that same condensed schedule, and that first primetime session was going until 1 a.m. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think that's why they, they moved away from it. Um, last year, what ended up happening for, for Charlie was the 83 kilo session, like the normal 83 kilo session, ended up going a whole extra hour. So after, so they did the weigh ins on time, right? Charlie had a whole extra hour. Boom has one of the best performances he's ever had. Ends up ends up crushing it. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that's going to be a, a big factor for a lot of people. Is you know the weigh-ins are going to go on time, and then lo and behold, a session probably. If I had to guess one, at least the the first day's uh, second session, which I believe is the women, that'll probably go over. I would not be shocked at all. Yeah, uh, and, yeah. and I wasn't joking when I said. Look at um, Charlie. Looks like he filled out ninety three kilo like a fucking hour later. Listen to me, that dude really does. He fills out ninety three kilo. kilo quick. Yeah. So if you're in the warm up room, you're an eighty three kilo guy, and it's like, well, I seen him at Wayne's. He looked my size. Yeah. Now he looks like he's in the wrong weight and class. And anyone who's in a weight cut of any sort of level, it's yeah. you know how much it's difference huge. that hour makes. Oh, it's 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 monstrous when you're trying to rehydrate. Yeah. Such an advantage. And for some guys, it's a huge advantage. For other guys like a Bryce Lewis who stays a lot closer to his weight class, yeah. it matters not. It's like, well, my my competition's getting better and I'm insane, so it doesn't really help yeah. him out much. Yeah, um, it changes the dynamic of everything. So do we know, like, what, what did they change? Like, why are these individuals not making prime time, even though they're, we think, top five in the nation? You know, I, I wonder, it, it might just be a, what their qualifying totals were compared to what they're doing in training now. There are a lot of people who have just made massive gains in, in training. I mean, I think I don't think Charlie's done a meet since Worlds, and he entered his, his 83 kilo total, you know? So, yeah. 
Um, that's definitely the case. And if they missed prime time, it was it was you know just barely or like I, what I don't what I don't know is you know if they had multiple people with the same total, how they decided who got in. Um, I, I I don't know. You would have to talk to the the Ribix because ultimately they're the ones running it. Um, I I'm not sure who's done the the flights. I don't know if there's like a different person deciding that kind of stuff. Um, but ultimately, the reason that I, I think that some people aren't getting in is because of the way that they've they've organized things. So they, they took a different number of people in different weight classes. Like I don't know if you take a look at uh, the women on the final day, but there's there's a, a much larger number of, of 84 and 84 plus lifters than there have been in the past. Um, but there are much fewer, uh, say, 57 kilo. Uh, women as compared to the past. So I, I don't know what decided that. I don't, I, I don't know if it just has to do with the scheduling. I don't know if it had to do with, you know, maybe they're trying to get different representations or something like that, mm-hmm. you know, give different weight classes a chance that maybe have been a little bit underrepresented in the past. I, I don't know what the, the deal is with that. I, if I had to guess, my best guess would be it just has to do with the scheduling um, and just only being able to take so many to have like a, a decent flight size that's not going to be going into the whole you know, 1 a.m. deadlifts kind of thing. Yeah. If we can avoid that, that would be great. 100%. You know yeah. what? No shit. As a coach or a handler, I can only imagine going that late. It's and, not... And honestly, if you're doing this for viewership, the whole primetime situation, um, yeah, okay, I want to watch piloting, not till 1 in the fucking morning. No. You know? It's not like an MMA Conor McGregor fight where I'm staying to one drunk, yelling at Boston Pizza, in Boston Pizza with my buddies. Yeah. I'm probably at home streaming it alone. Dead sober, yeah. and I'm like, all right, man, I'm tired as fuck. It's one o'clock in the morning. This show is over. I don't give a shit. I'll read who won later, right? So um, it totally makes sense if it's a scheduling situation. The U.S. It's tough for the U.S. only because um, that the level of how thick you guys are for talent pool is insane. We're like, I was originally thinking, look, if you have an IPF world champion like Charlie Dixon, even though he doesn't have a 93 kilo total yet, you might put him in just because IPF reigning IPF world champ. Pop him in there because it's good to say it on the mic when he steps on the platform. It's a new storyline. Um, he's moving into the open. He's moving up a weight class. How did he do swinging with the big boys? So it's a, a unique storyline, but it seems like every fucking buddy's got a resume at the U.S. Raw Nationals. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, ultimately, primetime is done by qualifying total. That's that's ultimately what it, you know, because that's that's not the, the only actual like quantitative number that they have to compare people. Um, I, I ultimately think that for it to be the most entertaining possible, I think you're right. I think it would be be good to have those guys in there. Um, but it, I don't know. It just, it just wouldn't be fair for somebody that has like technically has the higher qualifying total, right? Yeah, because yeah. it becomes opinion a little bit instead of numbers. Numbers you can't argue. Opinion be like, oh, come on, man. You know, you start getting opinion in there. People start saying there's biases. Um, what are some of these other battles you see coming at the Nationals that you're excited about? Okay, I think the most underrated session, 74s, by far. Oh. And everybody, everybody seems to think that, uh, that like, that session, like, yeah, sure, it's going to be the Taylor Atwood show in terms of, of winning, for sure. But the, the battles that are going, going to be going on there, everybody else who's behind Taylor is so close. You know, and if, let's say Taylor has an update. I know he's, he's had, like, going into Worlds, he had that injury. Let's say something else like that happens. I could definitely see some, there being a, a shakeup. You have you have Blake Lehue, who's you know champion in his own right. Uh, 
you have my man Eric Lapointe, who I, I again I don't know if you know who who he is. He's got the craziest deadlift that you've ever seen in the entire world. I'm, I'm surprised. You don't, I'm surprised you do not post him more. I'm all in now. Send him to me after this conversation. What's his no deadlift? Worries, what's his deadlift looking like? Oh gosh, I, I think he was the I think he was the the junior record holder when he was a junior. He was uh, pulling like six eighty ish somewhere oh, around there. Jesus, shit. <laughs> So, and as a junior, so he could be pulling in the 700s at yeah. 74 kilo. He could be the now, first man to pull in the 700s. Well, the caveat here, Eric just Eric just opened his own gym this year, and uh, he's been working really, really hard. So training has kind of been on the back burner. He's kind of pulling it back together for Raw Nationals. So we'll see what happens. We'll yeah. see what happens. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, he's, he's got, some, got some crazy, crazy pulls. Um, let's see who else is in there. Um, there's a, a young young upstart named uh, I think it's Hamza Hamza Anwar. Uh, he at our collegiate nationals this past year squatted I think I think like five sixty five ish pretty relatively oh, easily. So Hamza uh, sounds like a bit of a ringer. This guy's America's ne- as apple pie or when you can't pronounce his name, it sounds a bit of a ringer. Yeah, um, and I'm, I'm sure he's made, made progress in training. Uh, I believe he's he also pulls over also pulls over 600 as well. Um, just lot like a, a lot of really strong guys in that class. Uh, Michael Cia, who who uh, I commentated uh, his session with you at Worlds. Yeah, he's re- he's looking really really good. Uh, he's he looks like he could honestly rival Taylor in the squat uh, based upon his training. It's it's really yeah. that good. Um, it, it- gosh. So, so how do you think they're going to shake up in terms of uh, number two, number three? If we're picking, I think we're probably going to pick Taylor number one. Uh, but who right. do you pick for number two and number three? You know, uh, I'm I'm going to go I'm going to go out on a limb here. I'm going to actually going to give number two to Michael. Uh, I just think he has so much momentum in training. Uh, he he's as long as he can execute on his deadlifts, unlike unlike what happened at Worlds. I, I think he'll have that. I, I think he'll be able to pull it together, especially considering he's kind of the same type of lifter as, as Taylor and that he's kind of all around. All of his lifts are really good. You know, he, he almost he went for that bench press world record at Worlds, almost uh, almost had it but missed. I, I really do think that he'll be in a good spot there. Number three, I'm going to give it to just just based on his, his past as a world champion, I'm going to give it to Blake. But I'm gonna call it that he's gonna he's gonna try to go for the win and he's gonna he's gonna miss on on balance on his last deadlift. Kind of like the world. Really calling a shot. Well, well, actually, okay. world he he went. I was gonna say, but he's, yeah, yeah, yeah. But he um that see that's kind of the situation with Blake is a very wide stance sumo. Like unlike um like your boy uh, Deadlift Panda, he's he pushes a limit for that. Which I mean, everyone's got so there's like conventional, there's sumo, but there's so many styles of sumo. You know what right. I mean? Where it's like people don't get it. It's like, ah, it depends on the levers or whatnot. Where Blake, he's got a, a fucking nice deadlift. When he hits, he hits. But when you're that wide, you, yeah, you get really hits under the bar, etc. But that top, the teetering, it's, it makes it exciting because it comes off like, oh, but at the top, it's like a 50-50 proposition. You know? Yeah. Well, yeah, you get like a Wilson or something like that. Like, same thing. Like, you get up to the top, you teeter a little bit forward. It's scary. It actually makes it, for people who say they don't like sumo, um, and, and like you could grind the shit of a conventional, it's great to watch, but sumo makes it, it's fast until it slows at the top and then it's like, oh shit, it's right to the last second. Or vice versa, it's slow off the top or off the floor. You yeah, get, well you, you usually that, start. You hit that top section when it suddenly starts moving and yeah, it's... This, the momentum came out of nowhere yeah. and you start teething around. It's going to be entertaining to watch for sure. Uh, talking about Taylor, 
like obviously for anyone listening, reigning world champion, prohibitive favorite in the 74s, um, but how far do we see him pushing this? At the Arnold Classic uh, earlier this year, he hit, I think it was 785, and he was like a kilo over, two kilos over, like he, he was within a water cut of his weight class. Is it possible for this young man, and this is fucking crazy, because just a few years ago, when Brett Gibbs took 83 kilo into the 800 kilo total, everybody's 800. He was on the cover of IPF magazine, 800. And everyone's like, fucking 800. And then we've only had a few people go into the 800s for 83 kilo. Could Tyler Atwood pushes into the 800 kilo total, you think? I, I believe so, so long as he can stay healthy. Um, Taylor trains very, very hard. Um, my, my friends, uh, Ben Escrow and Jason Tremblay, his coaches, push him very hard. Um, if, as, long as, he can, as long as he can stay healthy and manage his fatigue, I think it will happen someday. This year, I don't know. I don't know. It just depends on how he's, that injury that he suffered at Worlds depends on how well that's healed up. Uh, his training looks like it's going well. Uh, what I would think would be more likely would be maybe for him to just slightly exceed what he did at the Arnold. Uh, again, like I said, I wouldn't be shocked if that if that second session just goes long and primetime starts late. If Taylor has some extra time to refuel after doing a weight cut, we could see him have one of his best performances ever. I think 800 will come someday. I just don't know if it's quite there yet. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. It's fucking nuts. It's, like, it's, it's mind-blowing to think that we're talking about a 74-kilo lifter hitting 800. Here's the thing with Taylor. For And, and injuries seem to be um, a common theme with Taylor. Like, when we had him on the show, and he said, like, you know, what? Like he talked about his, his um, Nationals breakdown and his Arnold Classic breakdown leading into Worlds. It seems like he's always dealing with something. If we ever see Taylor in a situation where I'm 100 fucking percent, it's going to be a historical total that God knows if anyone's going to say good luck to anybody else. Good luck, to, not just for at that competition. No, like, in the future. That's what I mean. Like, it'll be like Jen Thompson, Jesus Christ, 800? Like, I don't think anybody in the world's going to be able to come at that. Although, with powerlifting, God damn it, if people don't come out of nowhere. Now, um, kind of leads me to, there's somebody else chasing an 800 kilo total that uh, um, you're familiar with. I call him, <laughs> I call him Sith Lord Ren. Um, what do we? This is a heavily hyped uh, division, the 83 kilo. We got a social media like superstar in Russell Orhi, but damned if Orhi doesn't have a hell of a fight on his hands at the USAPL Nationals. Honestly, you guys could field your top three, and um, outside of Brett Gibbs, all three could make the podium at the World Championships. Um, I mean, it's just a phenomenal 83 kilo class. What are you expecting? Obviously, you're gonna have a little bias, but that's okay. What do you? <laughs> that's okay. What do you think is gonna play up on the 83? Who are the major players that you see, and what do you expect from them? Okay. Well, obviously, let's let's talk about let's talk about Russ and Sean first uh, because they're both looking great. Uh, Russ, first of all, it seems like I don't know he, I don't know how open he was with it, but it seemed like he was a little injured coming into into Worlds. Uh, looking at him now, it seems like everything's kind of starting to heal up. His, his training seems to be looking a little bit better. His bench press seems like it's going over 400 pretty regularly now, which is, is really good for him. Uh, I think I saw him take a, a, around a 300 kilo squat a couple days ago, and it looked very fast. Um, I, I think as long as, as Russ brings the, the package that he's, he's always had and, and just, you know, that injury isn't bugging him, I think he'll, he'll absolutely be, you know, the person to, to be chasing. Um, but you can't you can't count Sean out, man. Uh, that 
that bench press, there's, I mean, he, he benched, I, I think like half a kilo, just because he had the chips, he benched half a kilo over the American record in training. Um, if he can equal that on the platform, uh, combine that with, I think he said he squatted 290 in training, but it didn't record. So, you know, oh. um, yeah, so we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I, I, I'm not. Same here, by the way. Same here. Yeah, that happened to me the other day, so I believe him. I did it for a double. Yeah, so there you have it. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's, 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 that's like my best triple, so. <laughs> <laughs> I like how I started with a single. You went with the double, you went with the triple. I'm like, fuck, I should have went higher. No, I should have went higher, but uh, yeah. Yeah, um, so I, I absolutely, I, you th I think if you combine those two, they, they have an excellent subtotal. Um, my my man, my man, Yu Yu, uh, mo most people don't know that's his nickname. Uh, Yu is... A, a super duper hard worker. He uh, he's all, obviously always willing to listen to me. He just pulled uh, a ten kilo PR on his on his best double. So his best double is only three ten kilo. He pulled three twenty for a double yesterday. Holy so, shit, man! Geez. There was a time when a seven hundred deadlift was yeah, like holy. Not on this. You didn't see this. What's up with this? I got I know. I got to post this. This is posted. Send this to me too, please. Shit. Shit. Yeah. So. Um, if that translates over well, uh, I, I could definitely see us pulling pulling for the win. It just depends on if if UU is able to execute on game day. It's kind of like a, a, a similar to a David Wilson situation. Um, it just it depends on him actually going six for six, getting getting the decent subtotal and being in that position. Especially if either Russ or Sean misses a squat, we could be right in there. Yeah. Uh, and they both they've both been called for death in the past. Again, no, no offense to them. It's happened. Everybody gets called on death once in a while. So, so is you. You've you been called. On, in fact, all three of them have had uh, death issues. You're going to eventually. Oh, but yeah, that's that's the game we play, right? So, so I could see it going in there. Um, another person who I don't think is getting enough attention is, is Marcus. Yeah. Um, I, I, I can't pronounce his last name right, so I'm not going to go into attempt. Muscle Man Marcus. Yeah. Yes, Muscle Man Marcus. Uh, I think that he he technically like. If you look at all of his lifts, they look very, very clean. I, I do know that his training seems like it's a little bit inconsistent. Again, that could just be the picture he's putting out on social media. On game day, I expect him to, to just like everybody else, be be there for, for a win. I, I think his qualifying total is somewhere around like 750 kilo uh, on, on what he calls his good days on training. I've seen him... Uh, hitting some some crazy numbers on on squats and bench press, but again, he's kind of team subtotal. Whereas you know we have we have the deadlift card. Um, I, I think it's going to be you know top three is going to be somewhere in there. It's it's just going to depend again on on how everybody executes, and that's why I think it's so important to have a really good uh, game day plan. I know Joey will have Sean and and Russ ready to go in terms of their plan. I'll have you ready. Uh, make squats and and uh, Ryan, her her boyfriend, or Marcus's coaches. So I'm sure they will have him ready. Uh, it's just going to be really exciting. Uh, other highlights in that class that I don't don't think get enough uh, attention. Um, Rob Ali, I, I I I think that's his last name. Uh, he's he's squatted uh, 300 kilos in training. Oh uh, shit. Yeah, yeah. He's I think he's he's one of the last few um, in uh, in that particular class. I, think that got into prime time based on his qualifying total, but he's been making some crazy gains in training. Uh, and then there was one other person that I, I can't remember off the top of my head. I gotta have the, gotta bring out my notes. I'm not pulling out my notes. That's okay. Uh, but in terms of, uh, let's see who, who we got here. Oh, oh, of course. How could I forget this guy? Vernon Williams. 
Okay. He will. Candido, Candido's uh, prodigy that he oh, was training. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got a big dead as well, yeah. He's oh, yeah. Dead. Yeah, so so if there's anybody who I could see uh, taking taking UU's record, it would be it would be him. Um, I don't know about him in terms of placing, just because his, his squat and bench press are still kind of down there. He has been making crazy gains. Unlike pretty much everybody else, save Russell, uh, Vernon has a, a very rich uh, bodybuilding background. He actually uh, is coached by the same people that have uh, coached all of the TSA coaches at one point or another, 3D muscle journey, um, and for at least for bodybuilding. And then uh, the fact that he's kind of you know already a natural pro bodybuilder has this like extremely muscular base and is, is converting his ability to do so much work over to powerlifting training. He just seems to be making just linear progress into the elite levels. Um, so I'll expect at the very least his deadlift to be up to be right up there. Uh, I don't know about the total. Maybe he'll, he'll come out and just shock everybody. Um, but he's, uh, he's definitely not to be overlooked either. Is he on prime time? Yes. He, he was the very oh. last one who got into prime time. Wow. So that is going to be battle. So the one thing, that, um, you know, speaking of deadlifts, if Russell, Russell or he, at the Worlds, his deadlifts seem to have dipped. And that's the one that kind of let him down in terms of really boosting up his total. Uh, another 10, 15 kilo on that dead would have really helped. Uh, his total's been, you know, I think he's, he's, his total's actually been slightly declining. And um, it's not from the squat and his bench. He's been putting in work. But for some reason, the dead hasn't been there. Um, and he hasn't been... You know, I don't know, it's, again, it's social media, you don't know what to take from it. I, um, his dead's been moving well, but I, I have no idea barometer is it where it was. I've seen him pull 700 in the gym before previously. What are you expecting him to pull around there? And do you think, what do you think you'll end off with with the total? Are we looking at, like, how many of these guys are going to end off in the 800s, if anybody? Because last year, we thought we might have a couple. Nobody did. Nobody needed to. Apparently, um, what are we expecting? Because you like you know, high tides raise all ships. What are you anticipating? I'm expecting at least one eight hundred kilo total, if not more. I, I would not be shocked if uh, what if one of these these lifters comes out and totals are right around there. Um, I would not be shocked if if two do. Uh, I think that ultimately, if anybody if anybody is going to come up and rival Brett Gibbs, they need they just need to be totaling that right now, um, and that's. You know, it's going to come from somebody doing something crazy on, on one of those lifts. So will it be, you know, an 800-pound 800, 800 pull from, from my dude? Maybe. Whoa, 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 That's a fucking huge, that's a huge, <laughs> dude, you that, can't. That, that's, a, that's a joke. But yeah, I was say, you a, can't last year, I was not expecting him to pull 750 at Raw National. That's true. So, that's true. That's you know, never, you know, yeah. it could it be. I swear to God, I'm with the guy with the deadlift. Oh, he is Sith Lord for, for a fucking reason. He's a Sith Lord for sure. I would actually, is it possible, do you think at some point in his life he's going to pull 800? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's for insane, sure. my friend. Yeah, he's you know he, he's he's definitely he's definitely a special athlete, man. Um, and uh, he's he's got that capability. It's just going to be a matter of I think what a lot of people don't realize is is Yu hasn't been training as long as these other guys. He's only like this is two years into powerlifting for him. That's it. Um, so he's he's still got a lot of technical stuff that he's got to he's got to work on. Yu Yu, if you're listening to this, got to work on your tech, man. Um, <laughs> But, you know, I, I think as he gets better and better with that, he'll, he'll only get stronger. Um, 
I think that uh, with, anyway, like I was saying, in terms of craziness, I think what's more likely is if we see a fully healthy Russell around a 700-pound squat. That's what I think we'll, we'll probably see. Because, you know, when you said, uh, when you said that, that squat you, you saw in his training, um, it was 665, which is, I think it's uh, 302 and a half. Uh, yeah, something like that. Yeah, and um, six sixty six because you know Gino. Yeah, so exactly. His, number of the his, his ears are buzzing down at the venue yeah. for bench nationals right now. He, yeah, I don't know if he's using he. Anyways, he put six six five. I don't know if he was kilo place, but uh, he he didn't have a spot, and the shit moved well. Like I mean, like when he when I see him back out with no spot, I'm like shit, man, no spot for a world record squad. If he didn't put. Yeah, like if he didn't put three hundred two and a half in his description, you wouldn't have known that. No, was, you would never have known. This, have this known is world record right. territory. Nobody has ever done this. Now, obviously, he had a weight cut, but he's never had a problem cutting weight. He's not. He's around one ninety, which is totally within a reason to cut from for eighty three kilo one ninety. That's nothing crazy. It's probably going to uh, transition on a platform quite nicely. So if six six five like that moved like that, fuck me. I know his goal previously. He had said he wants seven hundred. And he wants to be the first guy to hit yeah. 700. And between him and him and Brett, look, Brett holds the, the world record. Let's not joke like there's a fucking football field a gap between them. It's a fucking uh, chip yeah. between them. It's neck and neck. It's, it's Ryu and Ken from Street Fighter. You know what I mean? <laughs> so um, who gets the 700 first? I don't know. I, do you think it's, it's probably too early for the Nationals, this Nationals for 700 attempt, don't you think? Um, I mean, let me, let me put it this way. The Russ's bread and butter is, is his squat. That is, that is by far and away the, the lift that is the differentiator for him. I don't know who he's got on his radar. I don't know if he's, if he's really even thinking about the competition, but I know that Joey will be thinking about the competition. Yeah. You know? And if he's got the ability to put that on the bar and it not absolutely smoke him for deadlifts, then Joey will have him put that on the bar because ultimately that's what's going to give him the kilos that he needs to win. Yeah, yeah, that's you what's going to put him in the prime position and have people chasing him. Yeah, that's yeah. how you're, you're going to force other people to make. It's going to force. It's going to force Ren, your boy, to like have to load up. Jesus, what do we got to load up now? But the problem, problem is, around yeah, the problem is, fuck if he won't load it up. You know, that's the one wild card that that um, you know he has is like. You, I don't, nobody, like, you could never, from what happened last Nationals, now he's got an aura around him where who the fudge knows? Like, load it up. It doesn't, like, when you say 800, and we're like, oh, shit. But it really wouldn't totally shock you if sometime he pulls 800. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, you know, I, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised if, if we're, if we need to load up somewhere around there. Uh, and if, you know what, if it, if, if it means going for the win, we might. Uh, it, you know, it just kind of depends on where the chips are falling on the day. Uh, we have a new team selection process in America uh, using the, the Carpina score, I think is what it's called. Uh, we used to do it on Wilkes. Um, but the way the Carpina score works is they compare your total to the past three world championships. And ah. that's how the alternates are selected instead of on Wilkes. Um, Makes so sense. Yep. Makes sense. As, mu as much as everybody wants that pull for the win, if it means me putting a position, putting UU in a position where he could get on the world team, you know, for sure, I would rather him, you know, have a really good total and come in second place. Yeah, 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 hundred percent, one hundred percent. And also, like, um, yeah, because you could pull for the win and miss, and then the world, you could have been on the world team and been at the like. That's the biggest fucking show in powerlifting. I know people like to say U.S. Open and all the rest of it, 
But um, how many people show up to a live event in powerlifting? Uh, like, fuck it. It's, it's pr- not few and far between. I've been to a lot of worlds. It's not a packed house, people hanging off the rafters. How many people watch the stream? Far more people. And nobody touches the IPF world stream. Not even close. It looks like some yeah. real ESPN shit. Um, and obviously, we're giving ourselves some pats on the back. Because I was commentating and you were in the booth with me all the fucking time. Yeah. So yeah. we're going to get no objections here. We're just fucking... No, of course <laughs> But uh, so who else? Uh, so the 83s and 74s, we've got some major battles. Um, and so who else do you see are some big battles people got to pay attention to? Oh, I mean, I would be I'd be remiss to not mention Amanda Lawrence and Daniela Mello. I mean, that's going to be crazy. That's the one. So what are you thinking, my man? What's your what's your take on this? We got Sean Noyega next, but he might be a stitch bias. Okay, um, I uh, this is tough because because I, I like both of them. They're they're very very hard workers in training. Obviously, they've been making some crazy gains. For some reason, Amanda is always being accused of using fake plates, but that that aside, she's well, definitely not. When you're moving five hundred uh, like she does, I mean, it's it's this dude who can't accept the facts, right? There's times I hope to God she's using fake plates. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For for some reason, I I, I don't know why. Anyway, um, all if, if we're if we're going strictly by the numbers, because again, I you know I run in the, I run in these circles and I'm I'm friends with all these people at least in some capacity. Um, if we're going strictly by the numbers, I think it it favors Danny just because of her bench. Uh, her bench is I think around twenty ish kilos higher than anything Amanda's done. I don't know if you guys have seen that two ninety that she recently did yeah. in training. Um. You know, so that's, you know, if all things are equal, I think that's, that would ultimately be the great equalizer would be the bench press. I mean, a lot of people say bench press is the silent killer. There you go. Um, I think that, however, just because both of them have had depth issues in the past, uh, I think it really could be anybody's game because if somebody goes three for three in the squat, especially if they get that shit, uh, and somebody only goes, you know, two for three has to, has to alter their plan. It could really be anybody's game. I think of all of the, the, the closeness of anything, I think that's probably the closest matchup that we have. Um, it, it, could it, could, I'm going to give it to Danny on this one, again, strictly because of the numbers and strictly because I, I know both of them will be working hard to go nine for nine and put the, the best performance out there. Uh, but it really could be anybody's game if they miss a single lift just because they're so close on, on their, their squat and their, their deadlift. And both of these girls, um, they're like 20 years old. Like they're not even they're not even in the prime. We're talking like when we see a man and taking like it's four ninety five for like you know two twenty five kilo for reps, just repping that shit out. And people are like this has got to be fake. This can't be life. You know it's and you know what I say like oh the guys calling the fake plates is just dudes with egos like small egos. But honestly, two years ago you would never fucking think hey this nineteen year old or twenty year old girl is gonna be. Repping out two, two, we hadn't seen that before. Like in previous two years ago, we had never seen that kind of shit before. Now, like that's not just a single, that would have been amazing for a single not long ago. Now this is, this is rap weight? You know, yeah. The, the, yeah, the, no, it's, it's, it's fucking insane. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, it's mind blowing. Yeah, and for the, and for, it's amazing for the sport. But for these two girls to be in the same weight class on prime time, both of them American, which helps for like viewership. God bless. If this is the Bulgarian Nationals, nobody's gonna see it. No, that'd be a damn shame. That'd be a damn shame. Yeah. So now that we get to see it, go head to head. This is like Agassi Sampras. These two, over the course of the next ten years, they're gonna be battling back and forth. Because how many times can I mean people's progress 
slows and other people's gains. You miss a lift here and there. God, man, look at Brett Gibbs. He could go 795 at Worlds, come back, hit 830. You know, shit yep. happens, right? So it kind of depends. I think I probably, before we had you on, we were saying, due to the bench press, we're somewhat siding with the Daniela Mello in terms of their advantage. But also, just like you said, if Daniela gets, let's say she hits it, but gets called on depth, you fall behind Amanda, Amanda Angles three for three in squats. With Amanda's squat, fuck, you better, you, you better hit that bench. Yeah, you gotta come in with a big bench to make up that deal. And then it becomes, that difference. And it becomes the, uh, the pressure also, what do you choose for your third bench? Because if you're, you're forced to catch up, you're almost, you're, you're almost loading to the limit. And you, generally speaking, if you get three for three, you don't have to worry about teetering over. You could stay in the pocket. You know, as a handler, you're like, we don't got to go crazy. Stay in the pocket. Let's go three for three. Build a total. Once you start falling behind, you got to get risky because you got to cover ground. Otherwise, what the fuck are we doing here? So then, then you can then you can miss your third bench. Well, fuck. Now we need a 600 day. Yep. You know what I mean? It's, it gets risky, yeah. doesn't it? I think, I think the, the other thing that's really interesting is, if I'm not mistaken, both of these girls are, well, yeah, I'm definitely not mistaken on this, they're all within the territory of the individual records on all of the lists. So that's going to come into play too. You know, you then have to decide, do I make, do I only take that half kilo chip or do I make some kind of other odd jump, like, like one and a half kilos, three kilos, something like that. Yeah. You know, it just to, just to force somebody to go even more. Um, so you, the strategy is going to be huge when it comes to that. Um, I, I do not know, I, I know Amanda's coach Cole, I don't know if he's going to be handling her, uh, and obviously Sean's going to be handling Danny, they, I hope they're racking their brains on, on all the scenarios possible right now, because that, that's going to be, it's kind of going to be a game of chess as well, you know, like the, it's, it's as if they're the, they're the two queens and, and they have the, the players moving them around, like they, the strategy is going to be a lot more important there than in any other matchup. Uh, I, I, yeah, I think I 100% yeah. agree. You will see some odd chips being used. Um, do you think it's an advantage to be, like, how do you feel? I know in boxing, when your coach is your dad, and that happens a fucking lot in boxing, by the way, uh, people have weird ideas about it because you've got emotions involved, whether or not you're going to call the fight or whether or not you're not going to call it. How do you feel in powerlifting? It's not so much that for us. We have a lot of, like, boyfriends handling girlfriends and shit like that. Um, in terms of stepping back objectively and just picking your attempts and whatnot and coming up with game plan or possibly getting a little too emotionally attached to some of these um, squats that have happened in the gym, but we're borderline depth. And sometimes when you hit a lot of those borderline squats in the gym and you're high-fiving me like you're fucking killing it, girl, and um, you go out there and that's the expectation for your third, where sometimes an objective coach who isn't in an all emotionally attached might be like, you know, maybe we just take it five, five pounds less than that, two and a half kilo less or five kilo less because, you know what, maybe I think you'll kill that. But that one, I'm not sure I'm comfortable putting up there. Like, do you think things like that become a factor when the race is so close? I absolutely do. Um, I refuse to coach my own girlfriend because of this. Oh, wow. um, I, you know, I, 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 I absolutely think that that emotional side of things comes into play. Um, if we look at, because I, I think ever since they got together, Sean and, and Dan, Sean's been coaching Danny, I don't think he's ever let that affect it. I, I think he's always just been very objective as if it's any other lifter that he's coaching. Yeah. Um, so I don't see that being the case for her. Um, I can't speak to the same thing with, with 
uh, Cole, he's he's uh, not Amanda's boyfriend, but he is one of her, her absolute best friends, and I think the person who got her into powerlifting. Oh. Um, I don't I don't think that uh, I don't I don't think that he would let that get, uh, especially when you have the open national championship on the line. I don't think he would let that get in the way. Um, but if we're talking attempts made and and previous history, uh, I think again Danny comes away with that. You know, uh, I've kind of seen in in past competitions again. Not no offense to Amanda or anything, but I've seen her do some crazy stuff in the gym, and then when she gets to the competition, she just doesn't look as good. Yeah, you know. Um, and that's I don't that. know if that's because they're planning too heavy based upon what's been in the gym. Is that the fake weights um, in the gym, or? <laughs> Is that had to go? Whoa! Wait! Whoa! Wait! Whoa! whoa. I'm, the, I'm the guy with the little dick in the room. I gotta, I gotta make shot, myself feel better. That's, that's right. Fired. That's right. Um, what do you think about uh, the 105s? I know your boy isn't going to be there, and it made a little bit like we had him on the show, and he talked about his reason and. 100%, you got to handle your business, but it really fucking opens up that door. Talking about Agassi Sampras style rivalries, um, him and Garrett Blevins, they've gone back and forth. Um, when they face off head to head, Lewis has gotten his number, but then, I mean, Garrett's, Garrett's had some, you know, unofficial world record totals as well, and he could pull it off. Uh, but unfortunately for Blevins, he doesn't just have to worry about Bryce. Uh, I mean, this is US Nationals, you got to worry about a lot of characters. Uh, we have Eli Burks, who's also an IPF, former IPF world champion. I mean, we got a slew of guys on 105s. Um, what do you think about the battle of the 105s right now walking into these? Well, uh, I was uh, my, my call for this one, uh, I was watching this gentleman's stream last night. and Oh, yeah, Ben Rice. Mr. Ben, Mr. ben Rice. Yeah. I, I am calling it. I'm, I'm going to say that he is going to be the man this year. Whoa. Um, I, that's a that's a little bit that's a little bit of an upset based upon uh, based upon things, but Ben's training has looked phenomenal. Uh, I would not be shocked if he is is the one taking the squat record. I would not be shocked if he's pulling well over eight. I don't necessarily know that he'll outpull Eli, but I think that he will. The combination of the squat that he's probably going to squat and his bench will it'll be a similar situation to last year, where with Bryce he forced Eli to pull something that he couldn't. I think that's what's going to happen this year. I think that, that just ben, ben has that deadly combination that will force force Eli to pull something that he can't. Um, Ben's, Ben's been super consistent in training. I think he's going to pull it off. Um, we'll, we'll see what happens. Again, that might just be my, my, uh, my bias talking. Ben was one of my original inspirations for getting into powerlifting in the first place. He's a great guy. trains super hard. Um, the, the 105s are going to look crazy. I think, I think you definitely can't count Garrett out. Um, he's to me, I think his, his training has looked a little bit inconsistent. Um, his deadlift's definitely looking better, which has always been his Achilles heel, but I don't know if we're, again, I like to go off previous trends when I'm looking at things as well as their, their training. And, you know, Garrett's, Garrett's had a lot of really great training cycles, but then hasn't been able to execute on game day. So who knows? We'll, we'll see on that front. Uh, and then I expect, you know, I expect Eli to bring it on game day. I know he doesn't have to cut, which is a big factor. He always comes in right at 105. Um, so he should, he should definitely be looking strong. His, all of his training has been looking really crazy. Uh, he's, he's doing some extremely high levels of volume. Again, that's, that seems to be the, the Ben Astro, uh, Jason Tremblay approach to things. And obviously it gets results. Uh, like I saw him doing like a five by seven with, with something in like the mid five hundreds for, for reps on squat. Oh, like, 
Yeah, just ridiculous. Um, and I was looking back at some of his old training. I, 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 I was looking at some clubs. I guess he, he pulled like 765 for, for sets of four. Holy like, shit. Yeah, like what? Um, so I don't know. I, it's interesting to me that Eli Burks, his great equalizer is going to be his bench press because Ben, ben Escrow, uh, or Ben Escrow, uh, because Ben Rice cannot, cannot bench press for some reason. I think, I think he has like a shoulder injury or something like that. Um, that has just like plagued him his whole powerlifting career. Uh, again, I still think it's gonna it's still gonna be enough to to force Eli to pull something that he can't. But uh, it's just funny to me that Eli Burks, who is the deadlift man, his bench press is the thing that's like kind of keeping him in the in the race here between those two. Keeping his foot in the door. Yeah, yeah I mean Eli Burks. You know, it's, it's like this guy was a world champion, and we're not talking about history like fucking ten years ago. I think it's 2016 that he won the worlds. Was it? Yeah, I, actually, right here in Scranton, uh, he came. No one, no one knew who he was. He just, he, well, actually, people knew who he was, but he hadn't been around in a while. He hadn't done raw nationals in a while. And in, here in, in 2015 in Scranton, everyone's like, Garrett, this is Garrett's year. Garrett's gonna win." And then Eli just comes in and pulls for the win like it's nothing. Yeah. Um, so you absolutely cannot count him out, and yeah. I, I'm not either. Uh, it's it, it's just crazy to me that. Uh, that we're looking at somebody who could definitely pull like mid eights. Yeah, and, and, well, and he, here's the thing, you know, I would have thought I got a lot. See, if Garrett can be a hundred percent and put it together, like he's such a phenomenal lifter, he's so close, and and so often, a lot of times previously, it was look at if um, if you took Bryce Lewis out the picture, you know that was the guy. Right, and he's like even on the world scene, right up there. And um, uh, like twenty fifteen, like Garrett, you know, probably gonna be Garrett. And Eli comes, pulls for the win, goes, wins the world championships. Fine, okay, we got another showdown. Well, let's see if this Garrett's here. And damn, if Bryce doesn't come, they're neck and neck. He's beaten Bryce's total previously, but when they go head to head, Bryce wins, goes to worlds, wins the fucking world championship. Now Bryce is gone, and you're thinking, is Garrett gonna put it together? Can he make it happen? And if you're a Garrett fan, this is probably his best opportunity as possible because probably his harshest, you know, rival is gone. His closest rival, I think, is gone. But again, it doesn't really matter because there's so many other people that are able to take that. And this is the problem with powerlifting, right? Yeah. Well, not the problem. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah. tr- trading Bryce for Eli, basically, this yeah. year, you know? And, yeah. And, and Ben. Um, I think they're... I, I don't know, man. I, I, really, I really do think that uh, in terms of the men classes, that's, that's the closest one. Um, I really, really do think that any of those three lifters that we just talked about could take it. Um, again, just going, going off of the, this is my catchphrase right now. I'm just going off the previous trends, you know, yeah, yeah. um, I've, well, I've seen Garrett, I've seen Garrett have such great training cycles and then just not be able to put it together on game day. And I would, I would love to Garrett, Garrett, I don't know if you've ever had the chance to talk to the guy, one of the nicest guys in the yeah, world. Yeah. He was on the show. Would, He's amazing. I would love, I would love to see him, him put it together and win. That would be, that would be super awesome. The guy works super hard, and I'm not taking anything away from him there. But I don't know. We, it just seems like we, we have an execution problem on game day. What, what do you think about um, is Dennis? So Dennis Cornelius was the first guy, the lightest guy ever to hit a thousand kilo total earlier. Yep. And um, is he basically? Can anybody challenge Dennis in the one twenties? And nobody's challenging Ray. Like those are just that's those, just those not are, even those sense. Are done battles. Yeah, that's done. There's, like like because because I think the world championship IPF Worlds it was a nine hundred kilo total that won it or am I off? I think so. So I mean, fuck, man, it's a hundred kilo 
Like, what are we talking here? But those are guys that they come in, they do their openers, and they've won. Like, it's, like I see Dennis Cornelius now is doing, like, grappling and MMA training, and you would think, well, that's very taxing on your body. How's that going to impact his lifts? It fucking doesn't matter. No. He could give up a hundred kilo, and he's probably all right. I feel like the bigger question is, is Dennis going to squat, or is he going to squat a thousand? What are you expecting of Dennis? Could he squat a thousand pounds? Um, I think, I, so I think with Dennis, in the past, he's had some really hard cuts down to 120. Um, I, from what I understand, he's sitting around like two, 274-ish, um, which is, is a lot better than other positions that he's been in. Um, and it doesn't seem, so to me, I feel like the grappling and the, the MMA, all that stuff has been helping him because he's been, his body weight has been dropping, but his performance doesn't seem to be. Hmm. So I actually think we could see like a really good Dennis Cornelius on, on game day. Um, I don't know about a thousand because again, he is, he is cutting a lot more than he does when he does 24 hour wins, you know? Yeah. Uh, and he, you know, he has that, he has that time frame and that's, that's something else to talk about. Even if he wins, he can't go to he can't go to Raw Worlds. I believe his oh, intentions shit. are actually to use his total. Well, because he did the U.S. Open. Yeah, I, um, I was wondering about that myself. Like, yeah, I believe his intentions are to use that total as a qualifying total for our Open Nationals, our Equipped Nationals, because there's no rule that says you have to lift equipped in order to. You just need the right qualifying total. Yeah. Use that, and then he wants to win. He wants to do single ply because he he did that at a meet recently. He wants to do single ply there, and then. Win that, go to Worlds, win Worlds, and then go to the World Games, which are in the United States the next uh, time it comes around. Yeah, in Alabama, right? Yep, yep. So that's what he wants. So he's uh, so, not going to be at the fucking Worlds. Damn it, I didn't even think about that. I was thinking calendar-wise, yeah, U.S. Open's like, what is it? Is it May? March? April? Something fucking way around there? Of course, 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 yeah. yeah. His, his suspension is a year, and it'll continue on. So that's going to be the same thing, then, if we're going back to the 93s quickly. Ashton's in the same situation. Yeah, that's Re- the other thing regardless that kind of sucks. If, regardless of if he like, takes it. Yeah, like, if, if Ashton wins, you know, that, that doesn't necessarily mean that the guy who comes in second place gets that automatic spot. But that is interesting, too, because that means there are at least two people. If Ashton wins, that would mean there would be at least two people on the alternates list, the first two alternates that would go, you know? God damn, you know what? No. This is setting up Ellis McLean to possibly, like, fucking... <laughs> the, the first three-time world champion that's never won yeah, a national. Ellis McLean becomes a three-time world champion but never won a nationals and retires like yeah. that. Jesus, man. I mean, uh... I, actually, yeah. you know, we never mentioned in the 93s, Dave Ricks again. Yeah, how is Dave... You know, obviously, if there's ever a guy who isn't social media swabby, bless his heart, you got no yeah. idea what Dave Ricks is doing. He's, uh, yeah, what, did, do you have any kind of clue? Because I have none. Um, the, only, the only stuff that I know is uh, from my buddy Mason, who uh, lives down in Florida. Sometimes Dave will train at that gym. All I, all I can say is that he said that the few times that he's been at that gym, his training has looked really good. Hmm. So, no, like, nothing crazy in terms of numbers, just super consistent as far as his training. I guess his, because I know this has been a problem in the past, I guess he's been working on depth a little bit. Good. Yeah. So so as long as his depth is consistent, I I mean he's Superman for a reason, right? Yeah. Like the guy the guy is is just so so strong despite his age. Despite I mean age out the window, he's he's just he's 175 years old. Did you know he's 175 years old? Uh, 175. Yeah, that's fact. I that's facts. Someone someone I also forgot to mention in, in 93 is now that now that we're thinking about it. Um, there's a gentleman named uh, Austin Schrader who is from uh, Alaska. He is 19. 
he's he's got a 600 pound squat, a oh. mid fours bench, and a 700 pound deadlift at night. Damn. That he is in prime time. Um, so that that kid will probably be making a splash. It, I, I was looking at his training, and I think he I think he pressed around like 450 pretty convincingly in training recently. Wow. Uh, pulled, pulled over seven a couple times. Uh, so I expect that kid to be be really really strong as well. He's kind of like a, another another Ashton. Because if you recall, the first time Ashton was in prime time, he was he was uh, he was a teenager. So yeah, um, I could I could definitely see that being something uh, some some crazy from from this kid. Uh, if you look at the the meat footage of his uh, his qualifying total, all of his lifts look super easy as well. So that six hundred pound squat definitely isn't representative of what he could do. So I expect that kid to have a, a really big splash. Um, God. Uh, oh, the other thing that I, I wanted to mention, I just got this news yesterday. I guess Ray Williams uh, is flying out at 2 a.m. the day before he uh, is lifting. So we might actually see a pulled punches Ray uh, just because he, he's, he's got some restrictions with his job. He's got a coach the, the night before or something like that for a game, and he, uh, he has to he's got to fly out super late. So he'll be flying out at 2 a.m. Uh, even though he's got a light weight, unfortunately. Uh, I would imagine that Ray is probably not going to be a full power just simply because of the travel restriction. So yeah, there's, there's yeah. a little bit of breaking news right there. I don't think anybody can test Ray, though. No. Oh, no, 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 for sure. Yeah. It's, it just won't be as exciting. He's yeah, that sucks. Yeah, I agree. I agree, yeah. yeah. That's tough to swallow. And he's another guy that depth has been kind of like, I know at the IPF Worlds, people got a little, I mean, it kind of swung both ways. People were talking about the IPF Worlds when they, the big boys were missing depth. I have been told ahead of time, and look at the judges they got for the big boys this year, they're fucking sticklers for depth. They're known for sticklers for depth. The thing with the big boys is, it's hard to see their hip, and it's hard for them to even get the hips low enough. Yeah. Now, what do you think about, like, I think, look it, it doesn't matter how big you are, the rules gotta be the rules. You can't have different rules for depth for different weight classes. No, That's I, not how the fuck it works. Personally, I thought it was fine. Agreed. I mean, I thought they were the judging was fine. The judging was yeah. fine. It was right on the money. Um, yep. I mean, so some people were like, it's not that they were high, it's just their hamstrings and you couldn't see the hips. But I don't know. I, I think that when I was watching live, it looked, you know, like, yeah, I could easily swallow no, that way. I, I know I, the big boys were upset. Ray was visibly upset on the platform. I love Kelly. I love Ray. I love watching them lift, but they looked high. Yeah, it was, it was definitely, what do you and, think? I, I agree. I mean, I, I personally had left uh, right before that session, so I didn't get to see the depth live. Um, but you know, if it, the rules are the rules for a reason, if you can't get to depth, then sorry, it's, it's not a good squat. You know, we can't just, we can't hold everybody else to this standard and then be like, Oh, just cause you're a little bit bigger. You get a little bit of a pass. No, that's not right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I absolutely think that, that that's the case. Uh, I, I've seen Ray, I have seen Ray get down to a legal depth plenty of times in person, especially like it, it Atlanta 2016 when he squatted a thousand pounds for the first time that yeah. was a, a, a massively deep squat yeah and it yeah. was super fast as well so he can definitely do it he's you know he's just gotta he's just gotta make it work I know Matt and Susie Gary they always get him going with just like a ton of mobilization beforehand I don't know if maybe they maybe they skipped out on a little bit of that on on game day at worlds or something like that but um, as long as as long as he's doing that on, on game day I, I definitely think that he could he could sink it it's just a matter of, of making sure that he's he's kind of feeling comfortable in that position, you know? Yeah, yeah, 100%. And everybody was talking about it this year, but what about, I think it was the previous year, like Jezza almost bombed out on depth. Uh, you know what? I think it was his knees, they were saying. He wasn't locking his knees. Was that what that one was? 
Because I think I'm trying knee, to remember. I think there was a knee lock, and then he got called for depth. I'm trying to remember, because I remember my co-commentator Chrissy yeah. at the time was like, his knees are that's the way he stands, like he's kind of bow-legged, yeah. weird, with his knees always kind of look unlocked, you know? And they're like, she was upset. And um, so I'm not sure. Is Jessica coming back at some point? Do we have because I know you know, that part of the world, it's, there's politics, but there's ways of going through and even, like, and, and qualifying this or not. I, I mean, I don't want to get into the whole the whole politics with, with world powerlifting versus the IPF and all that stuff, but I do know that, that the Australians funded uh, Nauru's uh, stuff. You know, that was how Jezza got there. Oh. Um, so, you know, without that funding, I, I would imagine he will not make it back. I, w- I would probably imagine because... Australia was was so generous in funding his trips all the time. They'll probably be more loyal to the the world powerlifting. Yeah, um, yeah. So, you know that that is what that is, and that that kind of sucks. Uh, I think what and this kind of co- goes into our prime time uh, with with super heavies. I think somebody who could be squatting around uh, that number eventually is is young Mr. Joe Pena. Whoa, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Yeah, uh, the kid like kid is crazy. Uh, I, I, I don't know why I, when you when you were talking about soft knees, uh, I, I recall that happening to him at Worlds as well. Um, I, I know I know before he turns 21, he said he wants to squat a thousand pounds. I would not be shocked. He makes he's, he's just making linear progress on his squat. Um, so we'll we'll see what happens. Who knows? Maybe if Ray pulls his punches, he might not end up having the biggest squat of the the meet. Maybe maybe it'll be Joe. That would be fucking amazing if that happened. I mean, if he, even if he's pulling his punches and he's like, hey, I just fucking I just went toe-to-toe with the first man to squat a 1,000, whatever, and I just beat him. That'd be insane. Especially uh, if he were to hit a 1,000 or something like that to actually do it. Like, If he hit there, a 1,000 to story. do it, my God. Yeah, that's the biggest story for sure. Uh, youngest man hit a 1,000 pounds and yeah. beats Ray Williams on top of that. And that's that's actually good for the sport, these kind of things. Like, Ray's Ray. It doesn't take anything. Ray's not worried about it. He'll go to sleep that night and be like, good, fucking the kid got some shine. I yeah. get nothing but shine. Like, it's not like Ray's like, fool, people are talking about me. No, no. everyone knows Ray Goddamn Williams. It just helps other characters in the 120 plus, which for a long time, we've had the same three dudes constantly over and over. Kelly, yep. Ray, and Jezza. And a uh, brief period, Blaine. And if, Blaine was in there as well when he was competing Raw. But I would love if Blaine came into the unequipped, but I don't think he's gonna. But would Jezza set, like, go, if Jezza's gone from the IPF, I mean, fuck, I'm, you know, again, yeah, exactly, I'm with you, I don't want to get to politics, but he's pretty much, in terms of powerlifting, you know, it's, fuck, it's a, not a lot of people going to be following those other no. worlds. And you might follow singly, if he hits a big squat, people are like, oh, fuck, he hit this, but, yeah, no, it's, it's not the same. No, and yeah. you, saw, you saw that in the Battle of the 120s this year at Worlds. Yeah. Because you had Ray, huge gap, Kelly, huge gap, everybody else. Yeah. We yeah. need more guys. Yeah. There needs to be there, more competition in that class. Yeah, I, I would say that of all of the classes, I would say probably 120 and 120 plus individually probably just need, you know, they just need more competition. As it's just not as stacked as it used to be. Um, I mean, there, there there are some crazy there are some crazy people doing stuff at, uh, at you know at the different levels as well. It's just you know they they're not uh, they're not as competitive as, as the others. There's always just a huge gap. Um, but I mean, there you know the the tide is definitely rising. Yeah, it, overall in powerlifting, we're just seeing some crazy stuff. Like the, uh, there was a gentleman in, uh, oh gosh, uh, yesterday at, at uh, bench nationals in the 105s that bench pressed at uh, 245.5 kilo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like yeah. that, it's insane. Um, 
I, I think that I think that this year's Raw Nationals is just going to be huge overall. Uh, it, it'll be unbelievable. Um, one, one, one more thing we didn't discuss was the 57. Now that Jen Milliken is, is up in the 63s, which by the way we didn't talk about her. Yeah. So what do you she, think about that? She could she could just as easily she could just as easily be a contender in the 63s. Uh, her, her training looks like it's been going really, really well. All of her all of her lifts, it looks like they're steadily climbing. Um, I don't know where her body weight's at, but I would imagine she's probably not a full 63. Yeah. Uh, maybe a little bit, kind of like a Charlie Dixon situation, because she I know she always cut a lot, so maybe a little bit closer to filling it out than, than everybody else that might move up a weight class, but still, uh, I absolutely think that she could that she could take it as well. You know, she's, she's kind of one of those just very good at all three as well. So I could definitely see her doing that. Um, but the hole that she's left in 57s, I think that 57s is actually going to now be more competitive now that Jen is not there. And that's not to say that the, these other competitors are, are, are bad or anything like that. I actually just think that they've gotten that much better this year. Um, Megan Scanlon, who, as you may or may not recall last year, uh, was the record holder for the 63 kilo in the squat. She took the, the record last year. She's dropped down a weight class. Uh, she's looking super strong. She's nominated first. So she's, she's kind of the favorite. Um, my friend, Christina Paraki, coached again by the strength athlete, strengthathlete.com. Um, yeah, plugs, plugs. Um, I was going to say, that wasn't a plan plug at all. No, no. Um, yeah, uh, our girl, Christina Paraki, she's, she's absolutely fantastic. Uh, she won the Arnold this year uh, on her last pool. She's got a crazy deadlift. Uh, her squat and bench press aren't bad either. I think it'll probably be between those two. Um, I know uh, Amanda Shea out of Ohio is also really, really looking strong. Uh, I haven't seen a whole lot of her training, and I think that's just because I don't think she's posting her, her big stuff as much just because of that. But I, I absolutely think that she could come in and, and, and pull strong for the win as well. Uh, I believe she's got a, around a 190-ish pull. Um, so all, all three of those girls are really good, and I, I do think that we could we could see a, a battle between those as well. It's it just because they're they're I don't know just not as well known. I don't think it's as hyped up. Um, but all all three of them could be totaling, and somewhere near somewhere near what Jen's totaling. Uh, if I have you know, if, if they're pushing huge. themselves hard enough. That'd be huge. Wow. What about the fifty two kilo? Um, we're running a little out of time here, so we'll wrap it up with the 52, 52 kilo women. But is anyone going to pressure Marissa Inda? Uh, Tina Dinashvon misses oh, Joey yeah. Flex. Flex's girl, yes. Yeah. And Susan Hart with Gary will be in there. I don't know how close she'll be, but she's got the monster squat. Yeah. So I, I think um, I think Marissa's training, uh, I, I actually just saw her a few days ago. Um, she she said it's been going pretty good overall. I, I would imagine that she'll she'll probably still take it. Uh, if she, However, she has had depth issues in the past, so if she misses a squat, uh, I know, I know Tina, her squat isn't her best lift in the world either, but let's say she goes three for three and Marissa only goes two for three. She could be right there because she's yeah. got a really, really good combination of uh, bench and deadlift. Uh, we also didn't mention 72s. I think uh, I got to give a shout out to my girl, Kristen Dunsmore. We went, we went to school yeah. together. I trained, I trained with her way back in the day before nobody knew who she was. Uh, I, think, I think she's looking really good, and I would love to see her win. I know all three of the top-nominated people in that class are all battling different injuries right now, so that could really be anybody's game. Um, but I'm, I'm going to give it to my girl, Kristen, solely is off of bias. Is, totally she, off of bias. is <laughs> she battling injury? 
yeah, she's got a glute injury right now. So her, her like piriformis type thing uh, is, is kind of messed up. Chloe, Chloe Dublin obviously is still dealing with her back injury, at least as far as I know. I know she kind of tends to go radio silent leading up to big competitions. Uh, and then Rory uh, Alter, uh, she's kind of got a, a, a hip flexor strain. Uh, although she did just win bench nationals yesterday, so at least her bench press is looking really, really strong. Yeah, Chloe Dublin, young as hell and swing with these girls in the open. Um, seeing her at Worlds... Uh, her and um, Jessica Bittner of Canada, and uh, I know Chloe went in with the highest nomination, dealing with some back injuries, and it's a shame, man, that she's, you know, hopefully it passes, she's young as shit, when you're that age, usually you got like Wolverine style recuperative powers, but um, if she could, the thing is the schedule from Worlds to Nationals to, like just, hopefully she sits out, if you gotta sit out Arnold or whatever yeah. you gotta do. And back injuries are tough to come back from, because obviously it's so heavily used. You can't, sport, you, can't, you can't work around it. Uh, yeah, it's just time. Not at all. If, if she'll probably be uh, taking the junior title, is is anyone going to pressure her? We'll probably see her in the junior na- um, world team. No, is any, I don't think more likely. Yeah. yeah. So that's where, like, fuck. Hopefully, if, if she needs time off, just take it, man. Take those worlds. Because her and the yep. Swedish girl Olsen went toe to toe. Because Jessica Bittner's no longer junior. Yeah, she's no longer junior. She's an open. And um, uh, Vilma Olsen from Sweden. Fucking phenomenal as well. They went toe to toe. Chloe will have to be a hundred percent if she's going to take the Swede and take the gold uh, medal and become a world champion junior. So we'll see, man. You hate yeah. to see someone like fucking nineteen dealing with back injuries lasting this long. But that's what, what powerlifting. If it's your back and you can't work around it, it becomes yeah. recurrent. And if it becomes recurrent too damn long, it's just one of those things you're de- like you got to fix it, man. Yeah. You got to fix it. Big time. That's one of those things where you just have to take the time off, bite the bullet, and yeah, yeah. Hope to uh, come back. Uh, listen, man. Appreciate you coming on. We got like five minutes space. I'm gonna down a coffee, and then we got Sean Norega. We're doing back to back filming here. Beautiful, all right, my man. You 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 do a great job. You got amazing scouting. Love to have you on back again. Maybe do a meet recap of the nationals. And um, I also want to do leading to these nationals. We're gonna post our picks. Okay. So what I'll do is I'll shoot you a message. And ask your top three picks for all the different weight classes. And then maybe we'll have some kind of challenge. The winner gets something and we'll post the placings just to make it fun for people all following right. the podcast and following King of the Lifts. And yeah. uh, we'll see who picks the best. I might make you go first and use your picks as my own scouting. And I was, <laughs> I was, I was thinking the same thing. The he's, thing is, he's way more up on it than I am. At but who else we're going to have is guys like Matt Gary, yeah. who scouts like a motherfucker. And guys like, we're going to have like all the big, well, I'm going to get some big names to do their picks. So it'll be fun. And then we'll have like almost like a fantasy pool for this. We could do the same for like, we'll wait till Arnold's comes around, but it'll be fun. Yeah. Because you guys, like you scout like a motherfucker, but all these cats do. You know, so um, it'll be interesting to yeah, see. Yeah, everyone's going for this one. We'll get it's, points. We'll get points for gold. Like maybe we'll work it out. Three points for gold, two for silver, one for bronze, whatever the shit. Yeah, we uh we didn't we didn't cover we didn't cover fifty nines and sixty sixes in men, but I also think there are some some dark horses there, but we didn't cover it. So yo, oh, you keep it to you. Play your cards close to the chest, my friend. Okay, that might be the sign factor. Listen, thank you very much. Is there anybody you want to thank before we let you go? And give your Instagram handle as well so people know how to contact you. Sure. Uh, I'd like to thank the Academy for, for this award. Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, just, yeah, thank, thanks for having me on, man. Um, it, it's, it's been a blast. Uh, always, always been a fan of the show. Uh, it, was, it was really cool to be able to do this again after commentating at Worlds. Hopefully we'll get to do that again. Hopefully. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I, I don't know. Uh, 
just shouts to shouts to everyone listening. Shouts to uh, my parents and uh, my Instagram handle is Joe underscore TSA. So okay. there you have it. Thank you very Thank much, you. my friend. I know you got a five hour drive. Uh, safe travels, and we'll talk to you soon. And um, hopefully, see you at the World Championships again. Awesome. See you, buddy. All right, later, dude. Okay, I know you usually do a big ass wrap up, but um, I got like three, I was gonna say, you got like three fucking yeah. minutes. Um, so I'm gonna down some. I'm sweating like a fucking thief in an interview and in interrogation. Uh, you look not sweaty at all. Is it because you're a tad parched? I was gonna say, I'm dehydrated. I may be a little bit dehydrated. Who, who went drinking last night when I look like I got fucking hit with a super soaker <laughs> and you have not an ounce of sweat in your body? And I look like I've, yeah. Dude, I go get a drink of water. You should be fucking. Jesus, man, you were not lying about drinking last night. I feel like I did a water cut, <laughs> and I'm at the tail end of you. You were stage ready. You were <laughs> dialed in stage ready right now. <laughs> I gotta say, this might be an aggressive form of water cut for next time. <laughs> yeah, go I'll just dehydrate myself by drinking this for me. Drinking and go disco dancing. Um, okay, I hope you guys like the show. Um, we're going really USAPL Raw Nationals heavy here a little bit. But um, fuck it, that's the big one coming up. And I am interested yeah. in hearing the scouting because everyone we have on is going to have different scouting reports. Well, and especially when you got guys like the TSA, like the strength athletes. This is, what they do. Like, this this is really what Joe, this is how he makes his bread and butter. Yeah. This is how he makes his living. This is his expertise. Um, you have a lifter on, you could go into like, you know, how he trains and whatnot. But for Joe, man, he's got, uh, he, and he's, he's got to know the numbers and he's got to know what every person on yeah. that day is probably going to hit. Like 100%. I'm, gl I'm glad we had him on. Um, so anyways, guys, hope you enjoyed the show. As always, uh, subscribe, tell your friends, give us high ratings, please. And uh, much appreciated. And until next time, six-pack lap it at. Palmer Anzan lifts. See you next time.